Hello and welcome to Money Markets and More with me, Dominic Frisby. And today's piece is called The Next Step in the Evolution of Money. Remember, you can listen to this podcast or you can read it uh, on Substack or you can do both, as I gather some people like to do. Money evolves constantly. It always has And every day there is some tiny new fintech development, even just a tiny idea that pushes it forward. But it's only when you take a step back and look at the 10 or the 20 or the 30 year picture or even the 100 year picture that you realise just how much things have changed. What is money today is a far cry from what was money when I was a child. Digital technology barely existed back then. We used cash And these things called checks, you may have heard of them. You probably still use them if you're in America. But it's not just what we use as money that evolves. How money is created, that changes too. And this decade, just this decade, when we're only in 2022, there has been a major evolution. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. Now, once upon a time, you would create money by mining gold and silver. But debt-based money systems have also existed since the dawn of civilization, when clay tokens representing valuable items such as barley or sheep would be baked inside clay balls. And when the debt was settled, the clay balls would be smashed open. Humans, being the ingenious folk that they are, especially when it comes to money, soon found out that it was quicker to simply inscribe the clay with pictures of said items, and so did the first systems of writing develop hieroglyphics. Coins came along, and then the printing press, both remarkably long-lived technologies, but behind it all, there was always metal. Western Europe abandoned gold in 1914 so it could print the money it needed to pay for the First World War and the United States did the same in 1971 amidst spiralling welfare costs and the conflict in Vietnam. Both years were landmarks in the evolution of money creation. This became the fiat era when money became debt. Some physical cash was printed or minted I should say um, but money for the most part, was created when loans were made. You borrow a £1,000 to buy a house, the bank created that £1,000 using the house as collateral, and suddenly there was a £1,000 in the housing market that wasn't previously there. That's why houses kept on rising in value. The constant introduction of newly created money through mortgages... Introduce debt into a market and prices rise. If houses were cash-based, if the housing market was a cash-based economy, they'd be a lot cheaper. Something similar happened in the bond markets and the financial markets with the use of leverage. Leverage is just another word for debt. There were occasional moments of credit tightening, but the broader trend, especially as economists and governments became obsessed with what they call growth, was forever expanding credit. Human beings, being the greedy folk they are, especially when it comes to money, took the whole thing too far. 2008 came along and the bubble went pop. Then a whole new way to create money was invented, quantitative easing, or quantitative if you're American. Central banks now started creating money and they bailed out the financial system with it. 
Then they started using the money to buy government bonds, so they effectively printed money to pay for government spending. They also bought other financial assets. And so lots of newly created money went into the financial system and from there to the expensive houses in which many of those who work in finance live. And we got a decade or more of rising prices. But because all this newly created money went into financial assets and housing, it didn't show up on the inflation numbers. Central bank inflation measures don't include houses or financial assets. So they said there was no inflation. Then Covid came along. Central banks could now print money and it doesn't create inflation, they thought. They forgot about the sleight of hand that was their inflation measures. So they printed more money and the government handed it out to people. That money made its way into the real economy and now we have inflation. And they're all scratching their heads and blaming Vladimir Putin. But the nature of money creation has changed. Now money is not just debt. Governments are creating it to fund their activities. And when central bank digital currencies come along, they are going to do that even more. As a result, governments are going to play a far greater role in where capital gets allocated. We turn to the wise old owl that is financial historian Russell Napier. By issuing state guarantees on bank credit during the Covid crisis, he says, governments have effectively taken over the levers to control the creation of money. This is me speaking. They said it was temporary. But to quote the great Milton Friedman, nothing is so permanent as a temporary government programme. We now have the war in Ukraine and with its spiralling energy costs, another emergency. How to deal with it? Keep with the programme lend money and guarantee loans. Russell Napier again. By telling banks how and where to grant guaranteed loans, governments can direct investment where they want it to, be it energy, projects, aimed at reducing inequality, or general investments to combat climate change. By guiding the growth of credit and therefore the growth of money, they can control the nominal growth of the economy. It's a huge win, this is Dominic speaking again, for the unelected technocrat. Nobody designed this, nobody planned it, they've just discovered that they can do it. And who was at the heart of it all in the UK? Our new Prime Minister. Perhaps among other things, it means that the age of the all-powerful central bank is coming to an end. This is a shift of power that cannot be underestimated, says Napier. Our whole economic system of the past 40 years was built on the assumption that the growth of credit and therefore broad money in the economy was controlled through the level of interest rates and that central banks controlled interest rates. But now, when governments take control of private credit creation through the banking system by guaranteeing loans, central banks are pushed out of their role. We're moving from a mechanism where bank credit is controlled by interest rates to a quantitative mechanism that is politicised. This is the politicisation of credit. Inflation is often accompanied by high unemployment. It was in the 1970s, but we're in an era of low unemployment. Many are struggling to get the staff, that is, at the price they're prepared to pay. So this isn't a Brexit thing. It's happening across Europe and the US. Many government spending programmes will be popular. They'll create a lot more employment. We'll probably get a lot more growth, which means higher levels of inflation will be more acceptable and long-lasting. Government is about to get a whole lot more involved in the economy, 
and in our lives. It ain't getting smaller. So how to navigate it all? We turn to our man Russell once more. First of all, avoid government bonds. Investments, investors in government debt are the ones who will be robbed slowly. Within equities, there are sectors that will do very well. The great problems we have, energy, climate change, defence, inequality, our dependence on production from China, will all be solved by massive investment. The capex boom could last for a long time. Companies that are geared to this renaissance of capital spending will do well. Gold will do well once people realise that inflation won't come down to pre-2020 levels, but will settle between 4 and 6%. Gold is in a downtrend, but we like it. It is even more permanent than a temporary government programme. But the nature of money creation has evolved once more. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back with another podcast very soon. In the meantime, please subscribe to the channel, please tell your friends, and please take care.